G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We are going to get a focus on some of the issues that are bubbling along in the Northern Territory election. It's an opportunity today for some Christian scrutiny into what is looming in the upcoming Territory election. Territorians are off to the polls on the 22nd of August. So now may be a critical time to take an active role in helping to make the Northern Territory better. There are 25 seats in the Territory Legislative Assembly. The Territory election result is likely to be balanced on what some describe as a knife's edge, with Labor unlikely to hold on to its majority and the newly formed Territory Alliance emerging as a serious force. The incumbent centre-left Labor Party majority government, led by the Chief Minister Michael Gunner, will attempt to win a second term of government. They'll be challenged by the centre-right country Liberal Party opposition, led by opposition leader Leah Finacario. And there's the newly formed Territory Alliance, led by Terry Mills, So an opportunity today for listeners all over Australia to understand what is simmering along in the Northern Territory election campaign and how policies compare to how Christians think. The Australian Christian Lobby's Wendy Francis has just spent this past week in the Northern Territory, has been scrutinising major policies, conducting a pre-election Meet the Candidates forum and has been meeting with political leaders. And Wendy, it's our great privilege, is joining us today. Wendy, special welcome along to 2020. It's always great for me to be here sitting at your desk, Neil. Wendy, uh, a week in the Territory, you will have been like a sponge, no doubt, just soaking in everything that's going on. And I know that listeners today are going to be intensely interested in what's going on in the Northern Territory. You don't often get to have the sort of insight we're going to hear in this next hour. So you did uh, some typical things like your Meet the Candidate forums, which the Australian Christian lobbies become renowned for, and things like letterbox drops and things like that. Um, Give us your general overall impression. How was your visit? So there's uh, signs everywhere. So when you're in the Territory, there is no doubt that you're in the middle of an election campaign. There are just signs, plastering fences absolutely everywhere. People um, are keeping uh, their opinions close to their chest because, as you say, it is really on a knife edge. Territory Alliance is a fairly new uh, party. Really only late last year did they emerge. And so they've done a lot of work in a short amount of time. Um, at the moment, they have three members who are members of parliament and they're very, very um, different. So it's definitely not a Christian party, uh, but it is a party that has a number of uh, Christians really supporting and a number of candidates are Christians. Um, then the CLP, they're, re- they're smaller than the Territory Alliance and yet they're the official uh, opposition. Um, and that was contested as well very recently. So it's it's really an interesting... And the other thing is Michael Gunner is not 
being seen anywhere. He's not attending anything. He's he's saying no to a lot. There was a big event in their cultural centre. Um, the Greens were there, the CLP and Territory Alliance, no Michael Gunner. So he's taking a very low profile at the moment. So he might feel as though he's in a winning position and given that he is the incumbent uh, leader at this time, um, let's just move towards your candidate forum. You had a meet the candidate forum and uh, from what I understand, uh, there was lots of parties represented there but... Uh, significant and uh, the absence of the Labor Party everybody noticed. The Labor Party did not come to the Christian pre-election meet the candidate forum. It was very significant because we had three, we we opened it up to the northern suburbs of Darwin because I was hoping to go back a few times and then of course the outbreak of coronavirus happened in, uh, in Queensland, in Brisbane anyway, so I'm my next planned trip before the election has not is not able to happen. So we, what we decided to do is do a very large candidate forum and have northern suburbs represented. So we had three CLP, we had two Greens, we had three Territory Alliance, we had um, Independence, we had the Animal Justice Party agree to come, um, and no Labor. So this was a this forum was based on family values as well. I think that's really important because our whole campaign has been strong families equal a good society. And so we see that a lot of the problems right across our nation actually come from a breakdown in families. And so in the Territory, particularly when we have enormous issues, highest rate of domestic violence in our nation, uh, we were really wanting to actually build on families. And so the Labor Party have refused to attend a candidate forum that is looking at what is in the best interest of families. It's actually astounding. Well, at the risk of sounding partisan, as I say this, this is not something that's new because we have seen over recent election campaigns that when there has been Christian surveys, Christian pre-election meet-the-candidate forums, uh, the Labor Party have been conspicuous by either not attending, as you're saying has happened here, and at times not even responding to those survey questions that mm. say, where do you stand on these issues? So it's almost like we crawl under a rock because we don't want to have any scrutiny from the Christians. Now, this is an interesting thing because mm. that seems to be what has been duplicated here in the Northern Territory. Yes, the Labor Party are far less likely to answer our questions. Uh, and one of the reasons why is that the the answers to our questions are, n- are going to alienate our followers. So I think they think best not to answer. Some of the uh, some of the policies, the legislations, the laws that have been brought in under the Labor Party in the previous three years in the Northern Territory have been to open up the gates to uh, prostitution, to open up the gates for all sorts of uh, terrible life laws, including um, awful abortion laws. So they rather than answer our questions, rather than front up, they just absent themselves. But I do, it doesn't do them any favours. You know, the Greens candidates definitely don't agree with us on a number of issues, but they were very respectful. They came. Obviously, we give them respect as well. And we can respectfully disagree, but we want to know what people actually believe. And people want to know what their candidates are going to vote on some of these really important, some of them are are personal issues that they can vote on according to their own conscience, a conscience vote. People who are voting want to know how their elected member is going to vote on conscience votes. 
If you're being general, uh, the Labor Party in the Northern Territory, is it, uh, is it safe to say they're aligned with Labor Party governments, say, in Victoria, Daniel Andrews, or the Palaszczuk government in Queensland or in WA? Uh, are, uh, are the Labor Party in the Northern Territory similar with their sort of social values uh, to those other Labor governments? Um, much more aligned to the Victorian Labor government than any other government. And I say that mainly because of their education policies. So they have implemented the Victorian style of respectful relationships education throughout their schools. So their schools have all of the gender ideology, um, the LGBTQI plus um, ideology going through their curriculum. So I would say if we were going to... Uh, uh, align them with a different Labor Party, it would be the Andrews Victorian government. So in your discussions and meetings with Christians, with Christian leaders, with politicians, uh, let's just focus on the church here for a few moments because I wonder whether uh, the Christian leaders that you spoke to while you are in the Northern Territory were aware of this sort of alignment and aware of these sorts of policies. Are Christian leaders really concerned about the way the Territory has been going of recent years? They are concerned, but they're still quite naive, particularly about things like the gender fluid ideology. And why I say that is that even at the even at the candidate forum, one of the candidates, it was one of the green candidates, was asked a question from the audience about gender fluid ideology being taught in schools, and he said, um, "I just can't believe that that would really happen." So it was like, "Yeah, you don't even know what's actually happening." And, I mean, that's a Greens candidate, so he should know, but it is something that I find more and more talking to people throughout our nation about this issue, but I did find it in the Northern Territory that people, they just think to themselves that couldn't possibly be happening because it does seem really far-fetched to tell little boys that they can choose to be a little girl. That just, it sounds bizarre, but this is what they are being taught in schools and the the curriculum is there for everybody to see. Uh, it makes it very clear on the Northern Territory Education page that they are following an, a Victorian Respectful Relationships program. It makes you suspicious, doesn't it? Uh, because while you can appreciate that some Greens voters are interested in the environmental platform that the Greens first became renowned for, uh, and they are a little bit naive and ignorant about the hard-left policies of Green politics. It's very, very difficult to believe that a candidate for the Greens uh, might say, oh, I couldn't believe that it would be that way right mm. now, and uh, almost uh, ducking and weaving from a question being put on the spot, not wanting to upset anything, but, but they, they couldn't. They certainly couldn't be naive or ignorant about that, could they? It's either um, dishonest or it is incredibly naive, but either way, it's very irresponsible because you need to know when you're standing for a party, you really need to know what they believe and what they stand on. So we did, I, I was really surprised when he said that. But I do find also that throughout churches and throughout um, particularly parents, sometimes the naivety there is frustrating as well because I think we've got to know what our kids are being taught. This is a very busy age that we're living in and this year particularly has been so incredibly confusing for everybody and, and quite distressing. Like I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm distressed but the tension around everybody is just at a, at a heightened level uh, but 
parents really need to know what is it that their kids are seeing, particularly now many of the kids are spending more time at home and online. Uh, some of this stuff that is being pumped through their schools, coming to them online, is, is diabolical. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Hey, we're talking about the Northern Territory election that's coming up on the 22nd of August. Our special guest this hour is Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby who's just back from spending a week in the Northern Territory. And as you'll know, the Christian Lobby is renowned for their Meet the Candidate forums in the lead-up to elections and asking survey questions so that the parties can get out there what they are thinking about policy direction when it comes to important issues. Uh, Wendy, uh, let's talk about the sort of questions that you put to the political parties. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of questions and you asked them for brief responses Mm. and uh, maybe that's not enough time to unpack all sorts of dimensions but gets you an idea of Mm. where the parties stand. Uh, Tell us about these questions that you asked the different parties. Yeah, so we really tried to make the questions so that every every candidate could answer. Um, so we, f- we framed them in a way of not just the question, but the s- some sort of response, some sort of uh, an answer to it, to what we would see as a problem. So it was questions like the first one, we, we asked them what, what they would like to say to the Christian community in the Northern Territory, because I think sometimes we ask questions uh, and we want to hear responses, but we don't necessarily listen to what people are saying. So those those answers were really interesting and they're going to be up on our website for people to see. But the more specific questions were around, we, we asked, um, we, we sort of made the statement, women experiencing unplanned pregnancies face serious challenges. So there's no doubt about that. Uh, and so we asked them, would you support the funding of organisations to provide holistic support to women facing these unplanned pregnancies? So in our mind, that gives women a real choice to keep their child if they desire to. So we asked that. Um, we got good responses from that. People were, I mean, even the even people who really support abortion would see that somebody facing an unplanned pregnancy who wants to keep their baby should receive support. So we were trying to get from people a, a promise to, if they get elected, to actually support these sort of organisations. The same type of question was asked in relation to domestic violence, Um as I said, the Northern Territory have the highest rate of domestic violence in our country, uh, and so we asked whether you know would they support early intervention services and practical support services, particularly for couples facing difficulties. And as you and I would know, many of these um, many of these uh, support services come through a Christian organisation. They're a very strong Catholic education, Cath, um, Cath support. In the Northern Territory, there's also Angli support. There's a lot of really good churches doing a lot of good things. And so they're the ones most likely to be in a position to provide these support services. And again, we had really good response from all of the candidates saying, of course we would support these practical services and also early intervention. That raises the question about the Christian constituency Mm. in the Northern Territory. Now, I know that there is a really great, solid foundation of support that comes for the Australian Christian Lobby in the Northern Territory. And so uh, oftentimes when we think about, you know, Christian, uh, you know, uh, numbers, uh, where you know people will give you all sorts of uh, numbers uh, there, but uh, but how do you think of the Christian constituency across the territory? There's two different types 
I think. Okay. <laughs> and one is that there is a real transient population up there. So you have a lot of amazing Christians that come in but not necessarily stay a long time. But they add so much to the territory because a lot of the churches in the territory are fairly small. And so you imagine a Christian teacher coming in who's there for two or three years maybe. Amazing because they can come in and, and help with the youth or do something. So there's And, and that goes across all um, all jobs like medical. You know, there, there is a transient population. Then you've got the people, the amazing Christians and pastors who have been there for decades have been born there, many of them, or some of them have gone there thinking that they'd go for four or five years and they're there 30 years later. And so you've got, you know, the Mal Circum at Darwin Baptist Church who's just an institution there and everybody knows him, respects him, loves him. Then you've got new churches popping up like the Zion Church in, in more of an outer suburb of Darwin Again, great reputation, meeting in a school, now looking to move because they're getting bigger. Um, so there's a vibrant Christian population there. There's also quite a strong Islamic community there. Uh, and the relationship between um, people of faith and the Islamic faith is is good. They, they work, they respect each other, so there's no real tension there. Uh, but I would say that more and more the dominant... Uh, the dominant faith there is becoming very strongly a very vibrant Christian community. What about the Indigenous community in the Northern Territory? So if we talk Aboriginal issues, I know that there are some developments along the lines of the Northern Territory Aboriginal Justice Agreement. And uh, so far as Christians and the Aboriginal community, and there are some strong Aboriginal communities that are very solidly Christian in the Northern Territory. So what are your thoughts here around Indigenous issues? So we have a number of just Indigenous churches. There are some that are purely Indigenous, but then there's more and more that are uh, become, the churches are just so incredibly multi-generational, but also very multi-racial. And, um, and so the church that I attended while I was up there, Casuarina Baptist, they, when they welcome in the beginning of the service, they welcome in a number of different languages. When they have prayer time during the church service, and again, the prayer time is in a number of different languages, many of them Indigenous Aboriginal languages. So it was wonderful to share in that time. Um, but the Aboriginal, there there are serious issues with our Aboriginal communities um, across the board in the Northern Territory. and And everybody knows it. There are some really good things happening. Darwin University has some amazing um, pathways for Aboriginal people to become doctors and teachers and, and professionals. And so that's really wonderful. There's some really good things happening. But we still see massive over-representation of, um, of Aboriginal people in our jails and our justice um, courts. So what the government um, has uh, has funded is this um, in the Justice Department they've they've presented this um, Aboriginal Justice Agreement and it's basically an agreement that with a plan going up to 2025 and it is looking at um, Aboriginal justice courts in their own communities um, not in any way creating a second uh, justice a second you know tier of our justice system but a way to actually um, administer that same justice 
in the communities and in an appropriate way culturally. Okay, and interestingly, um, when we've got an election coming up on the 22nd, I note that there is a lot of interest and coming from the Northern Territory communities because from what I understand it from the Australian Electoral Commission, there's uh, an increase of something like 6,000 extra new voters who are on the roll. Uh, So this election is being taken very seriously and uh, I I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on what it says about an election and what it says about the interest in the community about the politics of a territory like the Northern Territory when uh, numbers of enrolments are up. Could be all sorts of reasons for that. And one of the reasons is that there is traditionally a very low response rate for voting in the Indigenous communities and um, parties such as Labor Party and also GetUp have been targeting people in the communities to try and get them to enrol. So I don't I think it's good to encourage people to vote. I wonder at some of the um, methods and the um, yeah the reasons behind the motiva- motivation for that, but it is an election that people realize is really important. And and I think the rise of territory alliance has really brought that into focus because we're no longer looking at just the two-party system and We've had the CLP were in power, um, then the, the Labor Party have been in power. Both times the debt has not been dealt with. They're, they're like in $8 billion debt in the Northern Territory. Uh, and so there, would, there is a perception that both major parties have failed in the, in the previous um, times of Parliament. But then Terry Mills, who is the, um, the, lead, the leader of the Territory Alliance, he was part of that CLP government that people see would have failed. What I pointed out to people too, though, to consider is that he was dumped by his own party during that time. So it's very the, the politics up there has been very complicated. So people say, oh, but Terry Mills was part of the problem when CLP were in. Well, actually, they dumped him. So he didn't really get a chance to, to show what he's got. Um yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of threads in there. Hey, Wendy, I'm glad we're getting into a little bit of depth here and we're going to continue our conversation after the news. Wendy, let's just, before we come back to some of these questions that you were putting to candidates, just to touch on uh, the Indigenous community in the Northern Territory for a few moments, uh, from what I understand, about a third of the Northern Territory is Indigenous. That means two-thirds non-Indigenous. Uh, there's these issues, of course, with prisoners in custody and there's an over-representation of Indigenous people who are in incarceration right now. Is that something you think that will be going through the minds, especially of Indigenous voters? Uh, definitely, and I think they've been let down um, by the previous governments. But at the same time, I would have to say I think the previous governments or the, the Labor government also the CLP have done what they've thought is best. But often... Uh, the consultation is not there, and that's difficult as well. But with this document, this Northern Territory Aboriginal Justice Agreement, they have done the co- they've done two years of consultation. Uh, what what is not at any um, there's no argument at all. The, st- the statistics are dire. So we've got, as you say, thirty percent of the um, Northern Territory population are Indigenous. It's eighty four percent 
of people in jail are actually Aboriginal. So it's way overrepresented. The About 60% of Aboriginal people who have been in prison will return to prison within two years. And for non-Aboriginal people, that return rate's about 25% or less. But with, there's so many different um, you know, stats that I could tell you that, that contribute to this. We're talking about... Um, you know, homelessness. So, for instance, 88% of the Northern Territory's homeless population is Aboriginal. 9% of the Northern Territory's homeless population is actually non-Aboriginal. So we're talking massive over-representation of homelessness. The educational attainment, only 14% of Aboriginal Territorians have actually completed Year 12. Um, and that, you know, so we're talking massive over-representation in lots of different areas that would make them more susceptible to end up in jail. 25% of Aboriginal Territorians are unemployed. That's that's compared to 2.3% of non-Aboriginal Territorians being unemployed. That may be different now during COVID, um, but these stats are the latest stats that we've got from this this um, report that I've got here in front of me. And so, you know, when you've got 25% of unemployment in Aboriginals and 2% in non-Aboriginal, we're talking, you know, sitting duck to end up in jail. Yes, and it's all very good to hear the debate that goes on around closing the gaps and those types of issues that are about Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. And when you've got a report like that one there, the Northern Territory Aboriginal Justice Agreement, uh, there's actually broad across-party lines support for this document. And I want—I don't know whether you've had a chance to scrutinise it very deeply from a Christian perspective, but, mm. but that actually has to say there's something happening there that may actually be uh, a bright glimmer of hope that could be happening in the Northern Territory that might actually be effective right across other states. And I'm thinking the Western Australians, the Queenslanders right now, uh, this sort of document may actually be a very important one. I really believe that. I believe the Northern Territory can lead the way in Aboriginal affairs. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, strategies such as the, the sort of strategies that are in this document are to uh, reintroduce community courts and for community service orders to make the, the all of it to happen in the community, part of the sentencing process to go back to the community. Um, we, as I said before, we're talking about the same Australian law that encompasses all Australians. So we're not talking about a different law, but we're talking about moving the the um, justice and the community um, sentencing process and the strategies for in, in engaging that law into the community. Uh, Wendy, just to reflect a comment or two that is coming through from listeners. Uh, remember, we're asking a question today on our Facebook poll that says, if God was interested in nation building as he was with Israel, is he interested in this month's Northern Territory election? Well, Beverly says, since God loves us, he's interested in every aspect of our lives. Our political leadership have an important part to play in our public lives. And then Patricia from Alice Springs called through. She didn't want to go to air, but she said, thank you for the interview. It's wonderful. They're praying for all the issues that you're discussing, especially for the education system. Thanks again. Uh, any thoughts for Beverly or Patricia there, Wendy? So good to hear from them. And, you know, Alice Springs, there are some amazing Christian people in Alice Springs. I, you know, just, I really love them. 
because when it comes to the Alice Springs has one of the largest drag queen sort of festivals around Easter time each year. And uh, when it comes to that, they're up on the mountains praying, looking at the hills. I wouldn't call them mountains, but they're up on the hills looking down on Alice Springs praying for the people. They're not they're not responding in hate or in, in any way um, that in that way. They're, they're responding in love but also concern for their children. And, of course, the whole drag queen scene really plays into our education there as well with the whole gender stuff. Okay, and that brings us back to really some of the things you were talking about mm. at your most recent Meet the Candidates Forum. Just this past Tuesday night, you were in Darwin and you had a wonderful representation of all of the parties except for the Labor Party. Yes. Who, and we might even not be uh, overstepping that to say that there's something of a boycott uh, that comes yes. from Labor when it comes to these sorts of questions that they know they'll be put on the spot for. Yes. Uh, some of these issues around uh, sexuality, gender fluidity, uh, let's even talk prostitution. I know that one of your questions was around the prostitution issue. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that for a few moments because uh, uh, what were the sorts of responses you were getting from political party leaders at the forum? Well, we know that the most vulnerable um, girls in prostitution are going to be our Indigenous girls, uh, so that that really breaks my heart. Um, and so when the Labor Party introduced and got through the the latest prostitution laws, it was devastating for many people in the Territory. Not only have they, um, they legalised brothels, but they have made it that it is legal to have uh, a brothel basically in a home in any neighbourhood. So this has changed people's feeling of well-being and safety. At any time of night, cars can be coming and going from the house next door to you and uh, the the feeling of uh, well-being is really being affected. So one of the questions we asked, um, we already know, uh, I mean I've sat in front of committees at the Northern Territory and pleaded for them to um, not do what they've done in, with prostitution. So I know I know what some of their opinions are, but the question we asked was, and we we said women who want to leave prostitution struggle to do so. They are often forced by circumstances to return to it again and again. We see it all the time, and and it's against their wishes. If they had an opportunity to exit, um, they would. And so the question we asked is, will you support the establishment of support and exit services for those women who are seeking to exit prostitution? So that question is really hard for anybody to say no to. But the the reason why we asked it too is that we really want our governments around our nation to consider the Nordic model of of banning, you know, saying prostitution is bad for women. There is nothing good about prostitution. And so, uh, in saying in, in the exit strategy model, we we really want post election to come back to this and say, okay, you said that you would support women wanting to exit. Where are the exit strategies that they can actually take advantage of? Are any of the parties that were there present at the pre-election forum uh, considering carefully uh, around that issue of the Nordic model dealing with prostitution? I know that you know if we talk about other states like South Australia, it was uh, it was getting real prominence there, and I don't think that's it certainly isn't uh, law anywhere yet in Australia. But is there any party in the Northern Territory that is thinking carefully about this Nordic model? 
The only party that really engaged with us closely on that was the Territory Alliance. Um, the CLP voted against the Labor Party's um, policy, but of course the Labor Party has an overwhelming majority, so there was no way that they were going to lose on this. But the, So the CLP, uh, I would say, would be on the fence, but the Territory Alliance really engaged with us very strongly on this. And I do believe that if they were in government um, and had... a uh, the power to do so, they would they would be willing to really look at the Nordic model. Wendy, what sort of reaction did you get from Christian believers, church leaders, political leaders uh, around these issues that we often talk about on this program uh, to do with freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion? Uh, is this going to be an issue that is prominent in the in the minds of people coming into their territory election? Most of them straight away said, we don't have a problem with freedom of speech. Anybody can say anything here. And all I could do was just remind them of a very recent event when Jerry Wood, who is one of their very uh, longest standing members of Parliament, he's actually leaving, he's stepping down, he's retiring at this election, which I'm really sad about because he's a, he's a godly um, man. But his, his wife um, needs, needs him to step down and so he's doing that. But he wanted to be involved in the committee process and also the discussion around the prostitution legislation, he was strongly supporting, he's an independent, he was strongly supporting the Nordic model and asking for them to actually look at it. He was gagged. Um, the The women who were there from Scarlet Alliance and uh, other prostitution um, organisations said that they would not actually come and present at the committee if Jerry Wood was there because they knew what his opinion was in regards to that um, the Nordic model and wanting to keep prostitution out of the territory. And so rather than say to them, look, I'm sorry, he's a member of parliament, he's allowed to be there, the, the Labor government actually banned him from entering parliament for that discussion. So uh, Jerry is a real character. There's a lot of characters in the Northern Territory. He sat outside Parliament. I was there and I've got photos. They're, they're just the best photos. I could put some up on the Facebook page, actually. Okay. People would enjoy to see yep. them. He sat there in a in a folding chair with a gag. This was pre-COVID, <laughs> with a gag over his mouth, with headphones on and with a sign saying, you know, they've, they've, I'm banned from my own office, basically. I'm banned from entering, you know, where I work because I don't agree with um, what's happening. So I, when people ask about, you know, freedom of speech, uh, there's, I just say, uh, hang on a minute. Only a few months ago, really, Jerry Wood was banned from saying what he wanted to say because it was against what the narrative was of the government. So I think when people are banned from saying what they believe because the narrative doesn't fit the government's position, we've entered a very dangerous stage. Okay. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Patricia from Alice Springs is on the line. Hi, Patricia. Welcome. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we're very interested in it, and thank you so much for putting this program on. You haven't mentioned, oh, first of all, Jerry Woods. Good on you, Jerry. Yeah. Prayed for him over the years. Thank God you. bless him. Yeah. Australian Federation Party, I have received, uh, I went and got the information from town here of their policies and their beliefs and their, their aims. Uh, have you any comment on the Australian Federation Party, which we now have a group here in Alice Springs? 
Yes, I have, Patricia. Thank you. And th- thank you so much for the call and thanks for the question because we've what we've done also is we've put the policies up on, we've got a, a URL, a website, ntvotes.org.au and the federation the um the party that you're talking about the federation party does have really good policies we did invite them to attend the um forum but they don't have candidates in every seat and so they didn't send anybody along but it was not because they didn't want to be there um now the other really interesting thing about their candidates is that uh they are uh, they are uh, well, I'm not going to say they're pro-Christian, because, but I think they are. But they are very much aligned to all of the issues that the Australian Christian Lobby would would want to present. And so we will be putting forward on our website as well um, a suggestion for people of which parties to actually support as far as which party supports a Christian standpoint. And so I, I agree with you. I think they're a really good option. And if you do have a candidate in your electorate that you can vote for for Federation Party, I would recommend that. Patricia, we've still got you. Can I ask you what the mood is like? Uh, you're clearly a mature Christian believer in Alice Springs. Have you picked up on the mood around your community about the election that's coming up? Uh, well, we're very um, disgruntled with the Labor Party generally in Central Australia. Um, and uh, I recommend people find the information that they can from this uh, AFP um, because I've heard something It was on the local ABC. Um, people who I've known for years, part of the community, um, and there are that Christian church people for many, many years. It twigged my uh, interest, so I went and I got all the information that I could from in town. And so I'm just promoting this <clears throat> for people to find out for themselves. Um, I don't go online. I'm a I'm a seasoned member of the community yep. <laughs> or antique, whichever. <laughs> so, um, and I just try and get my family and other people, uh, you know, to, to be interested to go and find out for themselves. Um, uh, Patricia, the you're raising we- some really good points there because uh, after a conversation like this, no doubt there'll be people in the Territory who are saying, where can I find more of this detail? Because... Perhaps this is not being represented in our mainstream media coverage and uh, we will just make sure that uh, everyone knows that there is a special website, ntvotes.org.au, where the Australian Christian Lobby is putting up a whole lot of details so that Territorians can be informed there. But uh, you mentioned media coverage. Uh, Well, you're not following social media and all of the expressions there, but uh, but so far as the media coverage in Alice Springs, uh, what have you been hearing on television or on radio? Well, we, we no longer have a local Centralian advocate in town, which is, uh, you know, really quite uh, devastating to a lot of people who just like to sit and read their paper. And we're missing out on a lot of news because we're not online. So uh, we get the NT news, but that's, much, you know, not as... as, um, uh, as uh, not as... Um, I'm not up on biases uh, yeah. that uh, various news outlets will have in the territory. Yeah, you so sort of got to have a crocodile in the local. story to get into the NT news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Is that right? Um, but but you know we don't have that local uh, source of mm. information about what's happening in Central Australia. Mm. But we listen to the ABC all the time, 
and and we're listening to uh, Vision FM right now and we thank you so much. I wish it was bigger so that the whole of the town could get it because it's only uh, it's a, a weaker signal. But um, uh, thank you very much. The thing is, you see that these people who have got the you know good good uh, uh, policies, you know, like family value and all of that the the, the numbers you, you know you've got to have numbers in parliament and and when you have these different these different parties you're reducing the numbers like we have so many people who've stepped forward to to uh, represent the different sections around central australia uh, who have got the same values mm. but um you know, this uh, AP, uh, the Australian Federation Party, is the first time I've seen written down on paper what their values and their aims and their purposes are, their policies. And so I just have to go with what I see with, you know, written down. Because these other people I've known for years, you know, they've been faithful, but they've come out of the CLP. They've been members of the CLP or of the Labor and they've chosen to leave those parties and go independent, which breaks down the strength of okay. numbers. Mm. Well, Patricia... So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Just Patricia. Thank you. Uh, great to get your insight uh, from Alice Springs, Patricia. And just a couple of minutes remaining for our conversation there, and so much could actually come out of what Patricia was saying there. Mm. But, um, you know, Christians, Christian parties... Mm. Uh, party policies that are aligning with what we would say are family values that have their basis in a Christian foundation. Uh, there are those sorts of policies on offer in the Northern Territory. It's not all one way here, Wendy. Uh, what are your thoughts for how the election might, uh, the outcome might happen? Uh, I mentioned it could be on a knife's edge earlier. Mm. What are your thoughts for what's likely to come? I think what Patricia has said is really important for people to listen carefully about because the Australian Federation Party is fairly small and it's unlikely to be in power or it may not even get candidates up. But if you vote for them as number one and then you use your preferences to go to the major parties or the Territory Alliance or whichever one you're thinking of, that you're doing a couple of things. You're sending a strong message that the pre- that the the platform of the Australian Federation Party is what you agree with, um, but you're also potentially supporting them financially because um, if if they get a certain percentage of the vote, then they get they get funding to be able to continue as a party. And we need parties like the Australian Federation Party who are standing on platform of our values that we would all agree with. But you are never going to waste your vote. With preferential voting, none of your voting is ever wasted. So if you put one Australian Federation Party and two whatever party you choose and Australian Federation Party don't, the candidate doesn't win, your entire vote shifts to the next your next preference. So don't ever think you're wasting your vote. It is actually important to look into that. The other thing about the preferences is that this is really um, a big tussle happening at the moment in the Territory because... In previous um, situations, Territory Alliance have have preferenced the Greens even, and so there's a lot of thing, you know, discussion about who's going to preference who. Because in as you say, um, Neil, this election is on a knife edge, and when an election is on a knife edge, preferences really matter. And it's time to take seriously the very fact that we have the privilege of being able to cast a vote Mm. uh, in a democratic system as we do have in Australia. And so for listeners to our conversation today in the Northern Territory, uh, the encouragement to be careful 
and to be prayerful about how you'll cast your vote in the coming election because your vote does count. Uh, Let me just mention one more time that website. It's a special website being set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's part of the Australian Christian Lobby, but it's called ntvotes.org.au, ntvotes.org.au. Now, there is a Facebook question that we've had running over this past hour. If God was interested in nation building, is he interested in this month's Northern Territory election? Uh, As we go at the moment, 85% of listeners say yes. Now, there's 15 percent that say no so uh, leave your vote there engage with other listeners with a comment in the comment section and uh, see where that conversation develops wendy francis great getting your insights as always and no doubt we'll be talking again before the northern territory election ntvotes.org.au wendy francis is the australian christian lobbies a state leader in Queensland with responsibility also for the Northern Territory. Wendy, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.